Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 57 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Dana Bowman. Dana is from Lindsborg, Kansas, and she's the author of How to Be Perfect Like Me and Bottled a mom's guide to early recovery. She also has a blog that you can find at momzblog.com. That's M-O-M-S-I-E. And Dana, I just have to say, I love the tagline that you have on your website. (laughs) Motherhood is hard. Laughter is easy. It is. Yes, they both are. (laughs) Motherhood is hard and laughter is easy. This is true. (laughs) How old are your kids? I have a nine and 11 year old now which I'm having a hard time believing, but yes, I do. Right. Well, mine are 20 and 21, so just wait. Yeah, just wait. I know. It doesn't get easier, just Uh, FYI. Oh, my gosh, I know. (laughs) Well, I mean, it a little bit does. The 21-year-old is is 
<laughs> you know, sailing. The 20 year old is boomeranged back home. You know, so it's funny because you always think you have one thing figured out and you're like, okay, I've got this. I've got this stage. I've got this part of life. And then they throw something at you and give you a left hook and you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. So yeah, oh, yeah. I've just kind of given up on the whole, well, that's what my second book was about. It was like, I've got this. I'm like, no, I don't got this. I don't have this. <laughs> you know, I love both of my boys and I know the second one's going to be great. But yeah. if I only had one child, I would have such a different view of parenting. Oh, if I yeah. only had the oldest, I would be like, y'all, it's really easy. I Look at mine. I have the same, like, because I have first child, my first child, Charlie, is just like, you know, perfect from the get-go. And then he's not perfect now by any means, but he was just always the one that like followed the rules, did everything right. And then you just kind of think, oh, wow, like, huh, this is easy. I'm nailing this parenting Henry thing. Henry came along and like blew me out of the water, didn't sleep and, you know, all of yeah. it. So yeah, it's fun. It's well, that's great. Yeah. Well, I look forward to chatting with you today. And, you know, I like to start off by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and then when was that? You know, and I have kind of a different story here because I'm going to just say it up front because it'll be like, people will be like, oh, I'm a mom in recovery. I'm sober now since 2014. And actually, I got sober for the first time in 2011. And then I had a short relapse. And that's what the second book is about. I am a writer. I was a writer before any of that business went down and ended up writing two books about my recovery journey. And so intermittent fasting for me, I kind of came to it through the back door, it wasn't so much a weight loss thing. And I know we talk about this. I love your podcast. I've been devouring them. Well, thank you. Pun intended. I just felt like <laughs> they're so helpful. One of the main things that I love with my writing is I just tell my story and people are so into stories. They want to hear like, you know, we can listen to podcasts that explain things, you know, up and down and left and right. But when you hear somebody come on and say, okay, so this is my story with this, it's fascinating. Right. And so for me, intermittent fasting kind of came along through my recovery channels because one of the things that happens when you stop drinking as an alcoholic in recovery is you pick up other addictions. And for me, sugar, and this is very common, sugar, when yes. you get sober, you need sugar. And, and I want to preface all of this by saying, if there's someone who's listening to this and who is like in early recovery, please do not hear me think like, and think that I'm saying that, you know, you need to take this on too right now or do this whole new thing or program because when you're in early recovery, you just do whatever you need to do. Okay. Right. That means you eat all the time. I don't care, but, right. but for me now, having been sober for quite a while, I really struggled with sugar addiction. And after being sober for, you know, like two or three years, I was sort of like, I need to address this. And I want to, because I'm doing the same stuff with sugar. I'm hiding. Like if you went up to my bedroom, this is so pathetic. If you went up to my bedroom and looked under my mattress, there's probably still peanut M&M wrappers under there that I would shove under there to hide. Like it's the same kind of crappy addictive behavior that I'm like hiding chocolate bar wrappers from my kids. So they won't know that I'm eating chocolate. And I was just scarfing all of the sugar that I could get my hands on. Well, it lights up the same pathways in the brain, exactly. right? And those are those addiction pathways that people oh, yeah. that struggle with any kind of addiction. That's the battle. Yeah. It was the same kind of hiding, stealthy. And then of course the shame, I was feeling the same way about 
peanut M&Ms that I was about wine. And I was like, this is just not right. This continued for a long time. I let it go for a long time, which is fine. But then eventually, you know, I firmly believe in a higher power, a God. Eventually God said, okay, so now it's time for you to talk about this with your life, Dana, and deal with it once and for all. And so I really started down that path of, I want to feel better. I want to understand my body better. And the other kicker that happened along with all of this is I'm 49 and I'm just now starting down the wonderful and happy path of menopause, which oh, I just, what a joy. Oh, it's so fun. I <laughs> just I'm got, 50. Oh, I'm right there. <laughs> I was so there. I was in my doctor's office being diagnosed. She's like, I think you're menopausal. And I burst into tears. And then of course the poor oh. doctor was like clueless, like, whoa she's crying like what do I do I'm like I'm okay really I'm just really overwhelmed so I have menopausal symptoms I'm having hot flashes all of this I'm having these rage like induced emotional moments of just pure anger and all of it's happening like within the last year and that's when I was like and oh and I gained a ton of weight yeah my second book tour I ate my way I always joke I ate my way through the midwest (laughs) because I was kind of unhappy and out of my element and very overwhelmed. And so when all of that went down, like my health just plummeted, everything started going wrong. I was having issues with thyroid and weight gain and aches and pains. And I would just wake up in the morning and just hurt all over. And so for me, I was like, this is, ah, I've got to find something. And so of course you go through all the keto and the I did all sorts of things. Keto is not for me. Yeah, me neither. I just could not do it, and I was miserable on it. Some people love it, but it just—I love my carbs, and I don't think carbs are bad. And and you know, I always like to give the caveat that if you're somebody who feels great on keto, you know it, and it's right for you. And yeah, but if you're not, you also know that. Don't feel like you're just ketoing wrong because the people who feel great on it, they'll say, "Oh, well, you're just not doing it right," or you would feel as good as I do. And really, that's not true. <laughs> the thing that I'm learning is that everybody has, you know, we all have different bodies and we all react right? to things differently. And, you know, IF might not be for everyone in the sense that there might be certain people who just can't do it. But I really do feel like once you start this program, then you can toggle with it. You eat what you want. Your window can be what you want. And that was the key to me was that it took all of this focus on food and it just sort of took it away. Like, Oh, that's great. I felt like released from so many addictive behaviors in terms of food. And I, I cannot explain to you, like there have been times with my eating where it was so addictive. I was literally would be shoving food in my mouth, not hungry, not wanting it, not even tasting it, not enjoying it, but still eating it. And I would be like, why am I doing this? What is going on? You know, I don't understand. And that would happen, you know, dieting behaviors lead to that because you get hungry and you binge, right? It's really normal. We all go through it. Keto even, you'll be like, I have got to have a piece of bread or I'm going to, you know, and you'd start shoving it down. But with IF, I found even when hungry, you know, because you get hungry towards the point where it's like, you know, where your window's just about to open, you're pretty, you know, you're pretty jazzed. You're ready to eating. eat. You're ready to eat. Yeah. But it wasn't this whole, like, I'm going to start scarfing Oreos. I don't know what happened, but there was some sort of switch in my mind 
that didn't make me, I thought I was a little fearful of IF because I thought if I get that hungry and then I just have an open window, I'm just going to eat all the things, right? Right. And that has happened a couple times. Like there'll be times, it just sort of depends on your body, but there'll be days, you know, where you're like, okay, I need to eat like more than normal. And, or I really want to have, you know, a cupcake or something sweet. But in general, for the most part, I don't find myself having those addictive, like shoving stuff in my mouth (laughs) behaviors. And that has been so freeing for me. So I've really, really been fascinated by this whole process because honestly, I came into IF kind of backwards and I felt like, oh, I did it kind of accidentally. (laughs) Do you get that? Like people are like, I "I forgot to eat one day. And then, you know, and like I'm outside doing yard work and I didn't eat until like three. And then I didn't eat that much because I was so tired from yard work and all that. And I was like, whoa. And I'd heard about IF before. I'm like, I'm doing intermittent fasting and it's not, I'm not crazed with hunger, you know, or like feeling nutty or, you know, and strung out. And I started to listen to your podcast more and I started reading up on it. I'm like, wow, this is really interesting what's happening here. So you just accidentally started doing it. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, hey, did. I feel great. And I'd already yeah. had the knowledge because I'm a I'm a podcast junkie and I happened upon your podcast because of I don't even remember, but another podcast that mentioned IF. And so then I was like, there were all these intermittent fasting podcasts that are like, no, I want one that has stories. I want people. Right. I want people. And I just started listening. It was just kind of fun. Like I'm always listening on to healthy podcast stuff. I always want to hear the people's stories. And and it sort of matched up with what I was doing. And I thought, well, okay, then fine. I'll do this day two. I'll try it again and see if I can open my window at like, I don't know. I think I tried for like one o'clock to six o'clock. That was my goal. And, and I was fine. And it was weird. Right. And I immediately, oh, well, that was the other part. <laughs> You'll have to get used to me because when I talk... <laughs> I'm like the biggest rabbit trail, like squirrel. Like I just go all (laughs) over (laughs) and I'm a speaker. Like I go around and speak at places and get paid for it. I'm like, why are you paying me to talk? Cause I'm, I'm just kind of, Go all over the place, but it's interesting. Those are the <laughs> most interesting to listen to. I think. Oh, I hope so. Gosh. <laughs> but anyhow, the thing that I was going to also say, which totally sold me on it, was after about oh, I would say even just one day on this, it was weird. The next morning, I woke up, and I used to be have to when I would get up, our bedrooms on the top floor, and I would have to walk down the stairs, you know, start getting breakfast ready for everybody. And a lot of mornings I would literally be gripping the handle on the stair rail because I was so achy and sore and just tired and I felt awful. And I think everything in my body was just totally inflamed and woolen. I just felt swollen. And so that was the other part about this that is amazing was the anti-inflammatory benefits because I can get up now in the morning and I feel fine. Like I, my body feels strong. I don't feel swollen and sore and I'm just, that feeling, I will take that. Like that, that is an amazing benefit to this. And I've read enough on inflammatory issues there, you know, medical, the medical profession is kind of tagging inflammation as one of the main things that leads to all sorts of health problems, you know, from cancer to the basic cold it's all stemmed from inflammation issues and inflammation issues are all starting in the gut. And when you explained it, which 
I have to thank you because your book and your explanation of it was a lot easier to understand than some of the other explanations that I've read. When you oh, talked I'm about, glad to hear that. oh yeah, it was really, it was really helpful. But I was really, really interested and excited when you kept talking about the anti-inflammatory properties because I've had troubles with that since in my twenties. I've had like pre-arthritic stuff. I've had, you know, I've been taking glutamine for ages and popping Advil and just always dealing with achy joints and kind of a puffy face, you know, like always look kind of puffy and, and that is diminishing rapidly. And I'm, I'm just really happy about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And inflammation shows itself differently in all of us, but yeah, Yeah. the puffiness for me, it was allergies, really bad allergies. I had like hives for a while. Oh my God. That was weird, but it's like everything just overflows and then your body's in this this state of dis-ease, you know? Yep. Yep. And so many things manifest and it manifests differently in all of us, but I genuinely believe that intermittent fasting is such a great way to get the inflammation down for all of us that are struggling. I would just say like to someone who's thinking about this in terms of just feeling better, I've heard this before on your podcast from many people. There's a real link to weight loss on this. Yes. I didn't really go into this needing to lose like a ton of weight, but I could lose like a good 10 to 20 pounds. I'd be nice. I would really like it. I'm kind of in the public arena and I'm on television occasionally. And I have like, I'm going on a speaking tour at the end of this month and there's going to be a TV crew there. And that's all to say that there are times when I see myself on camera later and I just go, you know, it's normal. That's really normal. Like the only way you look good on television is if you weigh like 90 pounds and I'm never (laughs) going to be that. So anyhow, whatever. But so there's a benefit to that, but I would have to say like, as far as like, it's just taking down so much swelling and so much pain in my joints and making me feel so much leaner and stronger that that's to me, I'll take that over anything else. And, and then again, I'll take the secondary part, which is that addictive, I have an addictive personality. I know that very fully and I'm very black or white. And so if you have me eat one Oreo, I've always been the kind of girl that's like, I can't eat one Oreo. I need to eat 40 Oreos. Right. <laughs> and this is different. Like my food issues are, I found myself at night being able like, my mom used to always say, well, can't you just have like one piece of chocolate at night, you know, just to, and I'd look at her like, <laughs> thanks mom. Thanks, yeah. mom. Are you insane? Like that's, <laughs> I need the chocolate bar and I don't need just one. I need like two. And then I'm going to shove the wrappers under my mattress. Cause I, feel yeah. Bad. But now last night I had like a little piece of chocolate. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm turning into my mother. <laughs> that's well, that it's because you really does help with that part of the brain. I get it too, because I think I also have that addictive personality. You know, when I would start eating early in the morning, yeah, I would never lose the thought of what can I have next? Yeah. All bets are off and we think about food all the time. And yeah. You know, and yesterday I had a day a little bit like that because I had a headache. The weather just changed here oh, the, yeah. in the fall. And yeah. so I had a one of those headaches. I think, it, you know, the pressure kind of headache. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I really need to take Advil just will knock a headache out for me. But of course, you don't want to have that on an empty stomach. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to eat and take the Advil. And I immediately felt better as far as the headache goes once right. the Advil hit my system and the food. But for the rest of the day, 
Yeah. I was thinking like, about what yeah. can I have? What can I have? And then I ended up having like a latte and there's that sugar I was searching oh, for. Yes. Normally oh. I don't think about that in the middle of the afternoon. I don't want, you know, I was yeah. like, I'm going to Starbucks. I'm going to have a chai latte. And and my brain was like, there you go. Now have something else. <laughs> and you're <laughs> off to the races. I think it's right. funny too, because well, this is kind of a tangent, but I love Starbucks and I always have, but man, they have a lot of sugar in their stuff. They do. And they have done that on purpose. It's the same with McDonald's. McDonald's actually packs their food with sugar. Even their, like their fries, they've broken it down. They put sugar in their fries. They put sugar on the coating in their fries because it's addictive and people eat it and then go, I need more. And so those sugary drinks from Starbucks are just killer because we all love them and we gulp them down and somehow we kind of think they're okay because it's a coffee drink. So therefore it's not a dessert in a cup, (laughs) but it totally is. And then it just blows you apart. Like if you have one of those, then the rest of the day you're all off and wonky and yeah. And it's not just, you know, the empty calories. It's so much more than that. It really Mm -hmm. is just the whole like now my body's asking for something else sweet because after that goes down and you need something else. And then mm-hmm. I've also connected too much sugar to restless legs. Oh, yeah. Yep. So last night I was watching TV with my husband and my legs started to get antsy. Yep. I'm like, I can't sit here. I'm like, I know this about myself. Yeah, you recognize <laughs> it. And you're like, why did I do that? But it's fast. I mean, I, I, I didn't feel guilty. You know, I've disconnected all feelings of that or like I yeah. cheated or I broke... No, I needed to eat because of my headache. I did. Yeah. And then and then you dealt with it. Like that I was, dealt with it. That was the other thing I have found with this that is so freeing too in the sense that in the past, if I was like trying to, let's say I was doing keto, which I think I literally made it through like three days. And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but if I was on keto or some other diet that I've tried, there would inevitably be the binge, right? And then right. something in my brain would sort of unhook and I would just be like, I'm just doing this. Sorry, I'm going to just eat all the things now. And then, of course, though, later I would have the shame and the guilt and it would be really hard to get back to doing things right. I would probably take a, like a good two or three days to just sort of fall apart. And then there'd be a lot of mental depression and anxiety that would go along with that. And here I have, you know, there's been times when I've totally messed this up and had broken through my window, like the wrong times or just whatever. And I'm not like, I'm just like, "Eh, okay, well, just keep trying and tomorrow. And so there's like a mental component for me that I'm really kind of, it fascinated why I don't know what's going on, but it's definitely been, I keep using that word freeing because it's definitely one of those things where the obsession and the constant thinking about it, and then also paired with negative thoughts has sort of dissipated. And so I just find that so fascinating and just weird that I hadn't even really, you know, put it together that this is what was going on when I would like skip a meal and stuff like that. Cause I've done this before. I will, I'm one of those kind of all or nothing workaholic types. And so let's right. say I will plan to like clean out our basement and I won't eat until like four or five. And then I wonder why, you know, I feel energized. I feel on the ball. I don't actually feel hangry or, you know, sick or sad. But if I was like scarfing, you know, I don't know, breakfast, lunch, and snacks all day, I wouldn't want to clean that basement. So I don't know. It's a very strange mixture where 
people are constantly saying, like, I just got it yesterday. Like, why aren't you eating lunch? And why, you know, I got that. And I occasionally, I used to be a teacher. I was a teacher in high school for ages and then decided because my kids are in elementary still, I decided that occasionally I would substitute at their school because I just kind of loved it and missed, you know, being in the classroom. And teachers' lounges are the worst. Oh, yes. Food issues. Holy cannoli. Like there was so much discussion about why I wasn't eating and what's with the black coffee and all this was going down. And I was like, golly, you know, lay off. I felt like (laughs) I felt like I was under fire. And I I really do have to say. And then, of course, there's like tons of snacks and food there all the time, all the time, all the time, like a cookie cake that they just Uh, someone brought in and someone's birthday sitting out. And it was really tough environment. But when you explain it to people, they're like, oh, that's just you're starving yourself. And I I just (laughs) I wanted to say yeah, but I feel really good. So I don't get it. Like it's, if I'm starving myself and I feel this good, then there's gotta be something to this. And I kept trying to explain it, but I just need to give them your book and go here, just read this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think nowadays it's, it's out there so much. People yeah, really, that's true. People these are getting days, it. Yeah. They're, they've heard of it at least. Yeah. They know somebody who's done it and they still might think it's wacky, but yeah. <laughs> at least they've, but they've heard see, of it. Like results, like, because I do look noticeably, not majorly, but I do look thinner. I look leaner and I have had a couple people say like, you look great. Like, yeah. And I know that there's some proof in the pudding with that. Like people are all about the appearance part, which is always nice. Like it is, it is nice to feel like when they see you're not like haggard and, you know, looking gaunt from the, they they see you're not starving yourself because you don't look like you're you're not. And that's the other thing I have seen that in the past where people do extreme diets have you ever noticed that? Like, what was it? That show that had people go on these crazy diets and then oh, biggest loser. That's it. Yeah. And they always looked when they did the final reveal, I had to say like, people would be going nuts. Oh, they look so great. And I'm like, do you see their faces? Like their faces, right. they have circles under their eyes and their, their faces are drawn and lined and like, it just is and their hair. Like a lot of times their yeah. hair would be thinning. And I felt like that doesn't look, But in in the Facebook groups, we see all the before and afters with intermittent fasting, and it's the exact opposite. Everyone looks brighter, and I noticed that today. And I love it as a as a forty nine year old woman, you know, with wrinkles and and things like that, and the little double chin happening and all that. I look in the mirror now, and I'm like, wow, like my skin just looks really healthy, and. I'm finding like my skin seems to be more taut and not, you know, flabby or I don't know how to explain it, but it makes me feel good to know like I'm giving my body and the cells in my body that proper rest to rejuvenate and heal on their own. And, and I feel like (laughs) this is a really woo woo and probably a little (laughs) stupid, but like, as I go through my day and I'm fasting, if I have that little twinge of hunger or I have that moment where I'm like, Oh, a little hungry. I'm like, you go cells. Like, <laughs> you no, just, I think it's great. You just heal yourselves, you know, cause it is, it's been a long battle with me with food and inflammation. And I just feel like my body's finally going, Oh, like I'm, you know, able to breathe again. That's fabulous. And when did you start intermittent fasting? It's been about six months. So I haven't been okay. at it for a long time. And that was one thing I wanted to like point out too. Like I'm not a seasoned pro. I'm just new at this myself. But the main reason I wanted to talk with you was this because I was so thrilled about the whole addiction angle and feeling like 
And I don't know if you've talked to anyone else. Not a lot of people are willing to be like, yeah, I'm an alcoholic and I'll come forward. But since I have two books, like it's kind of out, it's out there. Um, I actually do have one that hasn't, that hasn't come out yet as of the date that we're recording, but should be out really soon. So yeah, I do have somebody that I talked to because I think that it's been so helpful for me in that with the addiction to food problem. And I have to say too, just a simplified version of life. And I know you've heard this before, but it is so nice to not have to deal with lunch I hated making lunch for myself. I always eat at home and I work from home because I'm a writer, right? There's nothing right. more depressing than sitting down to lunch by yourself in your house. Like yes. I hated it. It was depressing. And so then, you know what I would do is I would sit down and watch TV while I would eat my lunch. It's like my little break, right? And then right. that would end up being like two hours of you know, YouTube videos. Non-productive oh, time. just non-productive, stupid, like binging and sitting on the couch business. Where now I just, I'm like, eh, you know, I don't need to eat my lunch by myself in a pathetic leap heap and, and just, <laughs> I can just keep working, which I don't mind doing. I enjoy it. And I am more acutely aware of what, <laughs> like the brain fog that I used to deal with has definitely lifted, which is really good for writing because you don't want oh, yes. brain fog. Oh yeah. When I'm writing, I absolutely would never eat before writing. Yeah. Yeah. And I do have to find that the only, that would be the only thing I have as an issue with this, which isn't really an issue. It's more like a, what, you know, whatever. But when I do eat, I have to be like, okay, well I'm done. (laughs) I'm going to be done now and I'm going to hang out with my family. And this is like, I really don't get a lot of work done after that because it's sort of like I'm the food, you know, you don't have food and then you eat and your body's like, Oh, and and, time to digest, time to digest. (laughs) And then we have the quote dumping, which, Oh my gosh, I, can you explain why that happens and when that might not You're talking about the sudden urge to go to the bathroom. Oh yes, like yeah. Some people definitely experience that. I I never have. Oh my god, I do not. I am like blessed, (laughs) I guess, because I've never once had that happen. Not one time. Well, it's (laughs) not okay. It's not a horrible deterrent, and it's not actually. Some people kind of like it because if they have dealt with constipation issues and blah blah blah, then they know that they're totally regular and that there isn't an issue with it because they're like, yeah, this is just what happens. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. 
If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. For me, it's not so much a huge pain. I was going to say pain in the rear, which is like, oh my gosh, Dana. (laughs) Nice pun. It's just more like I have to be ready and know like what's going down. Yeah. I didn't realize when I first started this, but what was happening and I thought, you know, am I like, is it, am I doing this wrong or whatever? And then I read up on it and I guess your body is just sort of like, oh, I'm digesting and it, you know. It's time to make some room. I know. It's so bizarre. Now, you know, here's here's what's interesting. Maybe this is why it doesn't happen to me. I'm just guessing. But prior to intermittent fasting, I was trying keto. Yeah. I've talked about this before. And I didn't just do it for a few days. I gave it a whole summer. I mean, yeah. I was fully, you know, fat adapted, keto adapted. I never yeah. felt full and satisfied. I never felt better, but I was doing keto for months there. And so part of that you know, it was trouble sleeping for me. I had trouble sleeping. I don't sleep yeah. well in ketosis. Yeah. So people are like, take magnesium at bedtime. That helps you sleep. So I got in the habit of taking magnesium at bedtime when I was doing keto. And that did help with the sleeping. Yeah. And then, you know, you wake up in the morning and drink coffee and then boom, the magnesium at bedtime plus the coffee, time to go to the yeah. bathroom. Yep. And so I kept the magnesium as part of my routine when I began intermittent fasting and yep. reintroduced carbs. Yeah. So every night I take magnesium at bedtime. I take a magnesium complex that's a, a citrate oxide blend sure. and it helps with relaxation, but it also helps with regularity. Ooh, so okay. every single morning I yeah. drink my coffee and then I go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah. that's why I don't have the issue when I eat because I've already you know, cleared the way earlier in the day. And now people just know a whole lot more about me. (laughs) We know a lot more about our intestinal issues. But you know what? People are going to want to hear this because I know they have questions and I feel like my body is just kind of working it out and figuring things out. And I have found, like I do the magnesium supplement too at night and I I think that's going to help. It's kind of hit or miss. Like it doesn't happen every single time. And the other thing that I have noticed is If my window opens and I just go right into like a big, huge meal, that doesn't work for me. It does sometimes for other people, but for me, I need something like, like yogurt is really good because it helps settle and make my stomach kind of go, okay, food. Here's the food. Yeah. Just a a little little bit. bit I do oatmeal a lot. I'll do oatmeal or like some chia pudding and things like that that are really easy and that helps. So I don't know. I don't mind it. It's just kind of a different thing. And I have always been a very constipated, like messed up stomach person. And so this for me is sort of like, oh, well, okay, this kind of takes care of a lot of those problems. So, you know, I'll, I'll it might be correcting it. something in your gut that 
that's working on. I hope so. Because I do know for me that, you know, they talk about sugar gut and all that. And I know I had that issue back when, you know, when I was just downing sugar constantly and eating all day long. And so there might be some healing that's going on there with that. So that was the other part of this. When I started, I have, I did get kind of into that mindset where I was like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to kick out sugar too. And I have to say to people, like, if you're like me, I'm not saying, you know, you're an alcoholic. I'm just saying for people who are kind of all or nothing, you know, must have all the sugar or none, don't necessarily try to do IF and a, you know, keto or and like, you can just eat what you want. Like if you want the cupcake, eat the cupcake and don't, because the thing that happened to me was I ate one cupcake. Like that's a miracle. Like for me to eat the one cupcake and then not want and not eat three more was totally awesome. I agree with what you're saying. Sorry to interrupt. I completely agree that you don't want to change everything at once. No, I would not. For example, start intermittent fasting and completely overhaul your food choices on day one. No, you know, because most of us find over time, intermittent fasting gradually leads us to make different food choices without having to force it. So, you know, let's say you were eating, like you said, three cupcakes and all day long and you were eating, you know, frequently. Well, now you're just concentrating your eating into your eating window only that already has given you this healing part of the day for the fasting. And I have found that I'm not eating sugar as much. Like I totally haven't wanted it. And so that's the part that I'm amazed by because I, I want to eat, like I used to be so anti-vegetable. I just hated that. I wanted, I wanted carbs, meat and sugar, like Yay. And <laughs> the, fat. The tri- yeah, the trilogy. And I just now was like, I just really want a salad. Like, and I want to have roasted broccoli tonight. And last night I had a huge salad for dinner with some protein and stuff like that. And it was yummy. And I felt like this is totally changing my eating habits. But I'm not, it's kind of weird because I'm just kind of going with what do you feel like eating? Like, do you really want you know, what does your gut tell you? And then it was leaning towards stuff that I'm normally not that attracted to. It's true. Yeah. I had beets in with my dinner the oh, other I love night. Beets now. Well, I didn't love beets before. I would never have eaten beets. I'm like, these taste like dirt. And it was like, you know, it started with <laughs> a whole beet beets. that I had to peel and chop up and roast. Oh, you did like the real deal. Those are so good though. Yeah. And roasted I roasted beets are it. Yummy. Man, it was good. It was, they were roasted with chickpeas. So oh, good. Fun. Well, you know, and it's weird because I, the other day we are, you know, Halloween is upon us, the great candy eating, you know, and I used to just scarf all the Halloween candy. And I think I had a Reese's peanut butter cup, which is probably my favorite candy. And it was good, but I was like, it's really sweet. Like I just felt like it just doesn't taste the same. Those were my favorite. The Reese's peanut butter cups. I would get the little pumpkin ones every year. After Halloween, I would go to the store and buy those on clearance and I would squirrel them away and I would eat, you know, a couple a night, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, even with intermittent fasting. But eventually, like a couple of Halloweens ago, I was at Target doing some shopping and I saw the clearance candy and like, oh, it's time. And I'm like, I don't want it. Yep. That doesn't sound good to me. So I didn't buy it. And I don't think I've had one since. Yeah. 
I feel like, and we've you actually, or somebody on your podcast mentioned the words window worthy. Right. And I was like, that's it. Like, yeah, because I was going to make my husband's birthday is tomorrow and I'm going to make him a homemade cake. And I mean, homemade, like we're talking oh, yeah. like no box, no nothing. And I'm totally stoked because I think this, you know, it will be yummy. I'll be able to eat a piece or whatever. It'll be really good. And it's not going to be some processed stuff. But at the same time, like, I just don't. I don't want all the junk that I used to right. love. I don't want the junk food. And I was a junk food junkie for the longest Me too. time. I loved fast food. I loved, I loved all of it. And I still, every once in a while, I'll still have it and be like, eh, okay. Like, but it's been extremely interesting to see how my tendencies are shifting and changing. And I'm just so grateful because I'm going to be 50. And when this whole turning 50 thing happened or is happening, I was sort of like, it freaked me out. Cause I'm like, Whoa, like I'm not in my head. I'm still like 27. Right. Me too. I think we all, that's the secret that the young people don't know. I is know. That we are not you always 50. feel like you're in your twenties. I yeah. always feel like I'm in my twenties. And I'm, and I started finally having this realization, like, dude, you've been on this earth for half a century now right? and you don't have like all the time left. Like you, need to make it count. And I also had babies when I was older. Like I didn't get married till I was 36. I had kids when I was 38 and 40. I remember my doctor going, well, you're a high risk pregnancy. And I was like, thanks a lot. Like <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> but I'm, I was older. And so now I'm as a 50 year old woman, I'm going to have a nine and 11 year old, you know, so they'll keep you younger, right? Oh yeah. But my husband Definitely. and I joke like, you know, when they get married, we'll both have dementia. We won't even you know, like know who they are. <laughs> not because, no, the intermittent <laughs> fasting will keep your brain sharp. I hope so. Cause <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to go down the aisle with a walker when they get married. Right. It'll, it'll definitely keep you sharp but no i know what you mean 50 yeah. is, there's just something about that number there but is something about that number it's half a i'm really enjoying and, saying it though yeah and, and having people look at me and say what no way i'm enjoying uh-huh. saying i'm yep. 50 i get that a lot and it's so fun because i'm just now starting on a new business venture with two of my other friends we were all met at a writing conference and we're starting well we already have it out there i guess i should plug it it's, definitely plug yeah, it yeah it's really fun it's called 50 ish and we have a Facebook page and Instagram at this point, but on the new year, we'll be starting a website and it's basically aimed towards women around our age, 50-ish, yes. anywhere in there. And it's going to be just all along the line of topics that we want to cover, questions that we have, the journey that we're going through. But also like when I met these women, we are all like, I'm a writer. I have two books. I'm living the dream. Like, this is what I've always wanted to be. And and now I go around and speak and do all these great things. And we're living this next chapter. And it is awesome. And we're finally kind of taking charge and doing it and doing all the stuff that in our 20s and 30s, we've never been able to tackle this without, I don't know, screwing it up, <laughs> falling right. apart. And it's really cool. And so it's lining up like the, this whole IF thing has like, I've used the word freedom, you know, so many times, but it has given me so much freedom, not just in terms of food and eating and nutrition, but also just with my mental state, with my ability to tackle things, with my ability to take on stuff, it's given me room in my life to really conquer some mental hurdles that I thought I had. And I'm just so grateful because I feel like God kind of brought it all together at the same time and said, 
you know, way back when, when I was kind of falling apart and going on that second book tour and eating my cupcakes galore and sort of feeling sorry for myself and sick and sad and depressed. It wasn't lined up with the book coming out. It was just lined up with a bunch of stuff that was going on. And I just sort of fell apart. And then I felt so helpless because I was, you know, I'm almost 50 and I'm like, right. I'm just a big lump. And this all kind of came together at the same time. And it, it's really been, I don't know, it's just been really eye-opening to see how much our food and our food issues affect us mentally, you know? Does that make sense? It totally does. I just, I spoke to somebody on the podcast just recently. She was on an episode right before this one who is 27 mm-hmm. or 24. No, she's 24. Listening to her talk about, you know, the issues with food and now she's doing intermittent fasting. And, yeah. you know, think about all those years, Dana, I that know. we spent. She's 24 and figuring it out now, but all those years, I know. you know, we spent yes. half of, twice as long as her is what I'm trying to I'm say. I'm envious of her. Me too. If I had figured it out, I can still remember, like I did Weight Watchers way back in my, oh gosh, what was it? My twenties or something. I lost 30 pounds. I was tiny. I was a size zero. I was starving right. like, all the time. Oh, and yeah. I can remember having my little portioned out meal with my little portioned at night and just being hungry and thinking about food all the time and just constantly like how many points is that and going to restaurants my sister and I were doing it together and that was all we talked about was food right you're obsessed with it it's the opposite of freedom and it was exhausting and eventually of course you can't keep it up you can't gained all the weight back and more you know and then just sort of I've always been like if you see me in images or pictures, I've always been okay, like in terms of weight, but always just like, oh, I could stand to lose a little. Like I was just a little bit on the chunky side, you know? And that's always been who I am. I'm five foot two, I'm short. I've just sort of seen my weight slowly and gradually increase. And as the years have passed and as, as you've gotten older, you know, and you become menopausal and you're poor little metabolism just kind of throws up its hands and goes, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This has helped that so much. Oh, and there's another benefit I have found too. Like people talk about exercise and can I exercise while I'm fasting? And as one of the main benefits, you've talked about energy, right? trying to exercise when I was overweight and trying to get back into how, you know, I was trying keto and trying to get healthy again. I was exhausted. Like I never wanted to exercise because I just felt so tired. It was, it was sort of like the chicken and the egg, you know, how are you going to exercise when you're exhausted, but you need to exercise because you're exhausted right? and overweight. And now exercise is no big deal. Like I don't go overboard. I have kind of given myself permission to, I mean, I used to be one of, like I said, I'm, I'm an all or nothing personality. So I'm like, I'm going to run you know, all the miles. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm going to exercise for 20 minutes a day. And, and I'm going to make it count and it's going to be good, but that's enough. And I don't have to be all like, my personality used to be that I'd try to start an exercise regimen. And then I'd be like, well, we're going to run a half marathon. (laughs) Right, right. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, okay. 20 minute, a YouTube video hit routine. There you go. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of similarities. I think yeah. the whole like, I'm all in. I'm yeah. not going to do it, you know. And then you can't keep it up because you're like, 
this is insane. Like, and then, then you feel bad because you don't, didn't run that day. And then of course the mental, then part, it's finished. You're never going to run a again. Huge cir- yes. It's a huge yeah. circular game and I'm so tired of being on it. The Angie's list, you know, and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah. Well, I love that y'all are focusing on 50-ish yes, and that, that this is fun. This is a great season of our life. Mm-hmm. And you know, we don't have to resign ourselves to the fact that, you know, it's all downhill. No, it's not. I don't think so. I'm not going downhill. In fact, if anything, like the thing that I'm learning is the stuff that I thought was impossible is just so much, I don't want to say easier, but it's like the challenges now get me excited. Like I want to be able to handle it and do it and I can, and I don't feel as overwhelmed or scared by stuff. So it's really fun. If you want to, I'm actually kind of checking because I want to make sure if you want to, because I know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that might be in our group, like age-wise, if you go for it under Instagram or Facebook, it's at 50-ish co, C-O, at the end. Because the other thing you'll happen is that when you look up 50 in Facebook, you're going to get a whole bunch of 50 shades of gray stuff. (laughs) Different kind of 50. No, different audience. But anyhow. so That's (laughs) That's that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I want to circle back to your story of, of addiction and alcoholism. And, you know, I think that there's probably a lot of women who are struggling with this quietly. Oh, yes. Very and, under the radar because, yeah, we're good at that. Yeah. Well, we are. And, you know, what advice would you give to women who are wondering, you know, you know, is this a problem for me or is it mm. not? Is this okay? okay? Okay. Well, and I have to say, because it, first of all, you know, we're on a intermittent fasting podcast. So what I might say may be a little contrary to what you are talking about, which is this lifestyle plan in terms of eating and drinking. Well, unless you're going to say drink alcohol during the no, fast, we're no, good. No, no, no. But I'm going to say this is like going to go on a different tangent. That's okay. I, I think that's, that's important. Okay. Well, this is, goes back to what I said initially. If you're on this podcast because you're trying to lose weight, but you also might be wondering if you have a drinking problem. There's a lot of people who are in that place because they're unhappy with their lives and they're trying to transform and change their lives in many ways. I would say tackle the drinking problem first, definitely, because this usually means that's a bigger problem. And it also is something that has a lot of other like... it has a lot of fingers reaching out on other parts of your life, like anxiety, depression, some bigger issues are there. You know what I mean? That's the bigger issue. The food and all that stuff will, will wait. Okay. And because I know a lot of women who are like, I'm going to stop drinking and I'm going to lose 20 pounds and they want to do it as this whole health thing. 
okay, just try stopping drinking for one day. And my initial, when I got sober, my whole thing was one day at a time. I can do anything right. for 24 hours. Hell, I can do, oops, sorry. I said bad word. <laughs> Heck, I can do anything for 20 minutes. Like sometimes it was 20 minutes at a time. Right. But that is, if you're starting to wonder and have those questions and thinking, is this okay? Then that's a huge red flag. And that's, that is your higher power, whether or not you believe in a God or not fine, but something in your soul is saying to you, listen to me, listen to me. This is important. You're wondering about this. That means you should be wondering about it, but don't panic. Like, don't go, Oh my God, you know, like maybe I'm a full on alcoholic. You might not be, you might just need to sort of start being aware of it and backing off. And one of the main things that you can do is just simply start talking about it with someone go to a trusted friend or go to someone that you feel like might have some you know understanding of you and that you can really talk to and just get the feelings out into the air does that make sense like say it, it out does. loud yeah have a discussion with someone else instead of keeping it to yourself yes and then if you have even more questions and you really are starting to struggle I would say like you could try, I know this sounds like I'm plugging, but I'm really not. You read my first book. It all, it talks about being a mom and having little kids and going to that nightly wine habit. It is so common. It is so prevalent and social media. Well, I, I think that it is because, you know, it's, it's just one you just have your glass of wine and we deserve it. And that's the thing you'll get a lot is I deserve this. And that makes sense. Like I get it. I get the stress. There's, it's fine to have a glass of wine at night, y'all. It really is. But if you're having a lot of wine at night and there's some real links to not only are you having the wine because a glass of wine, because you just kind of want to take the edge off or have a nice night, but actually you're drinking like three glasses because you're miserable and depressed. And there's some, you know, you'll just know your soul will tell you. So just listen right. to your soul, listen to yourself and start there and then, you know, and talk to someone. And that's usually the best way to, to kind of get started. I think that's good advice and, yeah. and just, you know, such a very important part of, of society these days. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and even, you, you probably know I enjoy having a glass of wine. Yeah. I am going through menopause as I've talked about, yeah. and I'm discovering that wine impacts my sleep. Yep. It totally does. You know, it I, makes, you'd think it would yeah. help, but it does not. Yeah. It makes the sleep worse. So I'm, I'm realizing that, you know, if I want to sleep well, I probably should yeah. not have a glass of wine. <laughs> so yeah. I'm working on that. And, yeah. you know, I enjoy having a glass of wine, but I also really enjoy sleeping. Well, so. the thing is, like, you're, <laughs> I can just tell from listening to you, like, you're a total normie and you don't have any issues at all because most people are like, yeah, I can't really do that because it doesn't help me sleep. The person who has an issue would be like, but I don't want to give it up. It's like my only right. thing. That was the thing that I leaned on was I was always saying, but wine is like my only thing that right. made me feel better. And that's when you have the problem right there. My problem is I'm thinking it makes me feel worse. And yep. so I, <laughs> it doesn't make me feel better. Well, that's good. That makes me happy because I do enjoy having a glass of wine. Everybody but... enjoys wine. Wine is lovely. Right. It is. it is lovely. It's not bad. And it's not in itself. It is a liquid made out of grapes. Okay. It is in itself right. is not bad. But when you attach it to a bunch of mead, then that's the problem. Right. So there you go. Yeah. 
Well, that was helpful. That probably helped some people right there. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> if they have questions, tell them they can email me and or okay. tell them to get my book because I really do. And you can get it at the library. You don't have to buy it. it is really, and which one is the one? The which was your one, first? The first one's called Bottled, A Mom's Guide. Okay, that was recovery. your I wasn't sure which and was your first. And it's the one that talks about, like, I went through the whole period of, a, like, six years going, do I or don't I? you know, have right. a problem. And when I finally got to the point where I was like, yeah, I totally have a problem. Then I couldn't quit. That was the kicker was that I waited too long and the addiction oh. really got hold of me. So I wasn't able to quit as easily as I thought I would. Cause I'm the kind of person that has like everything under control. Right. And I do everything right. right. And I'm like, well, I can quit this cause I'm awesome at everything. And then I'm like, yeah. Oh snap. Like I can't. can't. Yeah, it was terrifying. So that book tells that whole story. Yeah, that sounds like a great book. I'll definitely add that to my reading list. Well, and here's the other deal too with my books is that they're funny. So I have to say, like, as much as I this is a dark topic, a hard topic, they're also kind of fun to read because I am funny and I like to be funny. And so I've been told that they're enjoyable. So there you go. Well, yeah, that's, you, you know, you've read, you've read my book. So, you know, I'm the same way. Yeah. A, a funny guilty. diet book. Yes. It's, it's needed. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, there's so much seriousness. Let's lighten up and laugh a little. Yeah. I bet. Did you read Irma Bombeck growing yes, up? Yes. She was and like she, my favorite. You know what? It's funny you mentioned her because that's what my publisher calls me. He calls me the Irma Bombeck of alcoholics. And I'm like, yeah, love it. I'll take it. <laughs> well, I'll be the Irma Bombeck of diet exactly. books. She was, but we're the same age. So I, I bet I had a feeling we probably grew up reading yep, her books. I loved her. Loved her. I did too. Yep. Like I would, I should probably go read one of her books now just because I mean, literally everything was hilarious. She was, she was so awesome. And, and she, probably people are going, who's that? I know. It's so sad. She was my hero or still is my hero. So yeah. yeah, it's been a while since I've read one of her books, but I'll have to dig some, dig some out and see. Yeah. There's not a lot of writers like her anymore. And I really just feel like she had her own way of saying things. It was just brilliant. brilliant. I mean, really, everything she wrote was hilarious. Yes. Yeah. And it was just life. That was the part that was so awesome about her was it was just her and her kids, and her family, and her life, and and that's how I write. It was just this normal life that we have can be really hilarious and fun, and then you feel like you're able to reach out to people on a level that they understand, because, you know, you're not being, like, some comedian somewhere that has a life that we don't really get, you know? See, and I bet you hear from readers that they they hear themselves in your story. Do you hear that all the time? See, I do too. All the time. Oh my god. Me too. They're like your story is my story. I'm like, you know, we all have so much of the same story. That's important. And I think that's 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 important to get out there. Well and that's why I said when you you know if you're the one that's struggling and, and wondering if you're having issues, if you just talk to someone else, like yeah, it's it's possible they might meet you with a glassy stare and just be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But most of the time, people will be able to relate a little and or understand at least. And I really do feel like that's one of the greatest healing mechanisms that we have on this planet is just sharing stories and sharing similar life experiences with each other. Yeah, I, I think so too. All right, so we are almost out of time. So I like to end by asking what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Oh, I just love that question. And one of the main things that I would say, which I kind of said before, is just try it. Say, I'm going to just try this and not, you know, don't make your window real intense. Just do a 12 to 8, you know, give yourself a nice wide window. Don't worry about what you're eating 
and try it for a couple of days and then pay attention to how you feel physically and mentally. To me, that was the hugest light bulb moment was the loss of the addictive tendencies as well as the inflammation. And I felt like when I really noted that and took pause and listened to my body, IF has just been so hugely helpful in helping me listen to my body and listen to my mental, the little things that I say about my body, negative or positive. And and that would be the place that I would start. Just go easy on yourself. Right. Don't expect that you're going to, you know, solve all your problems overnight and magically lose all the weight no, in a month. No, you are you not. Know, <laughs> this is not a tabloid where, you know, you're going to... This is not a gonna... weight loss regimen. It's not. And don't go into it going, I have to lose 20 pounds before a wedding. Please don't do mm-hmm. that to yourself. Yeah, you're going to set yourself up for failure just like it was a diet. Yeah. You know, the weight loss is there. It's going to happen. You, ha- you may have to tweak some things along the way, but... Think of it as, all right, intermittent fasting is going to be my healthy lifestyle. I'm going to adjust to that. Then I can figure out what do I need to do for, you know, maybe it's less sugar. Maybe it's not having three glasses of wine a night. Maybe I need to look at some other things. But intermittent fasting points those things out to you. Yeah, and once the mental state is happy and healthy, then, you know, you might not care as much about losing the weight. And then the weight will just come off. Like, I feel like it was very, for me, ancillary to it all. It just sort of happened as a afterthought. It was a secondary effect. The the health plan with the side effect of weight loss. You've probably heard me say that before. Exactly. Exactly. You were not mad at the weight loss. We liked the weight loss. (laughs) Not mad at all. No. Totally awesome. Well, Dana, I have really enjoyed talking to you today, and I think that that somebody needed to hear this message. And I've just enjoyed your podcast so much, and I just thank you for all that you do. It's been just really helpful. It's just life changing. Well, thank you, and I look forward to following your new work as well. Yay! Okay, thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories dot com, and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G I N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.